Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Hollywood Matt Connolly with the Double Biceps. It is in the contract a legal requirement every single time we appear on camera. This is the Daily Combat Podcast. Welcome, my co-host, co-founder, co-breather of air, co-wearer of clothes, the master of disaster, the Count of Monte Cristo, Thunderlips, the ultimate male. <laughs> it's getting longer, this intro. I love it. It is, in fact, the winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award. It is... Dave, Dave Stockbridge, Stockbridge, welcome to your own podcast. Thank you very much for the very warm welcome, and <laughs> I, I appreciate the intro every single episode. <laughs> Hollywood Matt Connolly, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, absolutely. Mm. We have a special guest today, a returning guest. This is this uh, lady's been uh, most prolific. Uh, our guest. most prolific guest, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really? So yeah. it's her third inaugural appearance. Oh, so she knew what it was like twice and yeah. still came. Back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> absolutely She's amazing. A, a sucker for punishment here. <laughs> so, so, uh, it is one of the best powerlifters going around Aww. in South Australia. Yeah, and our uh, favourite. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Our favourite and your favourite too. Uh, that's right. Uh, powerlifter from uh, what you're self training, aren't you? You're you're running out of your own gym. Yes, actually, I've got a coach now. Mm. So, um, what was it? At Pro Raw, at the event, my friend Helene was handling me, mm-hmm. and we were halfway through the comp. Is that a, like a back-slapping type of role? Is <laughs> yeah. that what's involved? It's pretty All much. All that's required. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wish. If you could say something Bulgarian, it helps. Right. Yeah, that, that's... Oh, it is man. Natalie Stone before I finish that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interrupted Hi, myself. And Natalie Stone. Natalie Stone. <laughs> Hello. Hi, welcome. Hi, I'm Natalie Stone. <laughs> Please continue. Yes, I love you. <laughs> lifter and purveyor of uh, cute little cups of uh, right. plants. So, uh, right. thank you very Christmas presents. So yeah, yeah our very first and very maybe ever our mm. only Christmas presents ever received from a guest. So, oh, thank what? you very much. I know. Very plant Most of our guests don't yeah. like us. Yeah. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say something strange. Oh my gosh, I will say something strange. Um, no, I'm not coaching myself anymore. Mm. So, I did coach myself into Pro World, Pro World 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, when you compete, you should really have a handler on the day. So, as much as you lifting, you want someone there kind of to bounce off with like your emotions, how you're feeling, helping call your numbers and your attempts, um, carry your belt and your your um, raps, mm. like little things like that. That's mm. what Matt does for me mm. with, with respect Just to this podcast. Helping yeah. tie his shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no joke. Carries my raps. <laughs> I had it's to get somebody to help me do my tie. That I doesn't surprise me. I don't know how to do it. I'm not wearing a tie at the moment, obviously. <laughs> and and that's why there was nobody here earlier <laughs> that's to right. assist. Otherwise, I'd be wearing three of them. But I've got a. I, will, I, I request that next time. <laughs> <laughs> that I've got a coat hanger at home with like 15 already done up ties. <laughs> so I could just put it on and tighten it. That's actually adorable. <laughs> so I don't know how to tie it. That's actually adorable. Uh, yeah. No. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no. Uh, what was I saying? Hand- yeah, so handlers. Handlers. Handlers are just as important. Like, they're usually your coach as well. Um, but I've known Helene and uh, the Aries Strength. So Aries Strength is a uh, multiple gyms now over in Melbourne and a powerlifting um, team. They're probably one of the biggest powerlifting teams in Melbourne and um, I've been like vibing with the team for a few years now and it got to a few weeks just before I needed to fly over to Melbourne when I was like I think I need need someone to handle me Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of stuff was falling through the cracks and I was like I was and if you don't have that support on the day mentally because it's very much so a mental game as it is physical um, you can kind of lose it and so I contacted one of my friends and she was like, look, talk to Matt, who is the head coach. Um, talk to Matt and, and or Helene. 
And um, so I contacted both. And on the day, they both handled me. So I had both Matt and Helene mm. handle me. They didn't charge me for the day. They rocked up. They didn't have any athletes. So they didn't charge for double handling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, seeing you could take <laughs> the rest of the week off for that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank my you. God. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, it was a whole setup just for that. I mean, you were waiting. That's such a you were waiting for that. <laughs> you just see, see you like. Oh, that's awesome. Like a like a line in the long yeah. grass. That's right. Yeah. Saw your oh. opportunity and pounced. Mm. But it was such. A, it was. It was probably one of my best, most worst experience powerlifting events ever. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm going to be very brutal and say it was absolutely effed. It was. It was. It was from the weekend before, the week leading up to to getting there. All of that, like just the preparation. The preparation. So prep went well. Something happened the weekend beforehand that okay. literally flew, threw everything out, and I wasn't going to go. Like, Something in your personal world. Yeah. My, we'll we'll let that just, hang out there. Yeah, we'll let that hang out there. Okay, it's another story. That's not. Yeah. That's the fourth <laughs> podcast. We'll, that's we'll, the fourth. We'll, 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 fourth we'll inaugural. Back. Inaugural. We'll back. Fourth one. No, I'm very um. Pretty much, obviously, people are going to listen to this because LA community. Um, but you have to really own what you deserve, and 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 you can't let people into your space that don't honor that. Mm. And if people aren't in it for you, mm-hmm. please don't have them in your space. They have mm. to be actually aligned with you because powerlifting, as much as it is a physical thing, it is so mental. And if you're mm. not mentally there, anything and everything can go wrong, which did. Mm. And I was very much so ready to pull out. And if Helene hadn't been encouraging me to, no, come over, still do it, because um, I didn't actually finish my prep. I didn't pull my last deadlift. Okay. Um, and so I wasn't actually prepared for it. So my dad... Um, when you he, say you didn't pull your last lift, is that in the, the camp or the training so or you had yeah, a competitive so lift before? Or? My, you usually have like your last deadlift day where you pull a deadlift to kind of work out where your openers are. I uh-huh. didn't get to do that because I was just too... I was just emotionally done. Yeah. Um, and so we booked emergency flights and I just have to say, I'm very, very blessed with the support system that I have. Otherwise I would not have actually gotten there. Like it took my dad having to sit in the terminal, watching me get on the plane and then watching the plane leave to make sure I got to the <laughs> bloody state. Um, cause I didn't want to go, I was done. And the reason I stepped up there was that I knew that I had some support over in Melbourne but I didn't actually realise the family that I was actually about to step into. Mm. And um, I had a day to myself just to kind of try and bring my levels down, become a little bit more present, but that was I was just – my vibrations were just going everywhere. So I walked into Pro Raw Gym – no, not Pro Raw Gym, um, PTC HQ, sorry, where the event was held. Mm. And you know how you just walk into a space and you feel energy and you're just like – this is the elite. Mm-hmm. I bit walked like, in. Bit like in this studio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I walked in. I was like, yeah. this Familiar is the one. That. The Reeboks behind me. Shout out to the Reebok shoes. OG pumps. <laughs> um, but I walked into that space and I'm so glad that I went. Mm. I'm so glad I, that I went. We didn't go to podium or anything. It was just there to see how it went. Mm. And um, I met people that I've been chatting to online through COVID. Um just chatting with them online, all those powerlifters, and I didn't realise how much space was being held for me over there. And, um, yeah, it's it was a mental game before it was even physical. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty pretty intense. Mm, so, so you, got, w- oh, you go, you go. So what did, what did you learn about yourself in terms of being able to turn what, what was a, a, an emotionally draining situation and to kind of convert that into fuel that you can use when powerlifting? Oh, that's, that's the cool thing is that, you have to be able to channel it with control. And 
you can get to the point where, yes, you can fire up, but you can over-fire up. But mm. I actually couldn't fire up. I had none left. Mm. Um, I had no no fire in that left. And <laughs> um, so, like, the last podcast we were on, we talked about um, the rules in powerlifting. So you have to get your your squat on the board so you can make a total bench on the board and a deadlift on the board to make your total. Yeah. And if you miss any of the three, you're out. Mm-hmm. So I mi- if you miss all three squats, you bomb. And I missed my first and my second squat. Oh. So I was one lift away from bombing at the best and biggest powerlifting event in Australia wow. slash the world mm. because I couldn't get my head in the game. Squats mm. first, first. Squats. And how, yeah. how long have you been preparing for this event? Like six years. Okay. Yeah. So you get there the, and The thing and you're is people it. know this event was the event that I went from being, you know, 140 kilos comatose on my lounge, mm. not able to even walk to my letterbox to – rebuilding my life, my career, my business, everything to put it to that day. Mm. And to then, I remember looking up because you got the, the lights from the head re- from the refs and I saw the two reds and I was like, this this could be over. I so, need, to, need to wake up. Mm. And so that woke me up. So you've been preparing for six years, you're bombing. Uh, do you, was there a moment? Was there a thought? Was there something that popped into your mind that kind of changed everything it was in a moment or sorry it was it was when helene handed me my phone back so she was filming my attempt so i could watch them back yep. and we like to do that so you can kind of make adjustments on the day mm-hmm. and i watched it back and when i was watching it back i was getting messages from friends going are you okay what's going on and they didn't stop and i'm not exaggerating this my phone didn't stop vibrating wow. and then i realized that i wasn't on my own i felt i felt so secluded and alone and i was like oh my God, Nat, get your shit together. And I'm so glad I did. Mm. And it was it, – it took everything. And the support from the community is quite amazing when you're at these events because the crowd gets behind you. They know if someone's going to bomb, you've got to give them a little bit extra. And I'm very lucky that, you know, I had, I had that fuel behind me. I knew that home was supporting me. And these people had come to support me out of their own time. You know, coaches handling people who aren't their clients is pretty huge. And Matt and Helene just held so much space. And I remember stepping up and going, I think I'm, I think I can actually do this. And um, do you want me to grab it? Yeah. And so that was, it was literally looking at my phone, seeing the support coming through. And when I stepped onto for that last, that last lift, um, I don't know. I transported back into myself, if that makes sense, mm. and I got it. And so I've, almost yeah. like a nineteen eighties movie, like yeah, almost. <laughs> it was the, 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 the last three, was the, literally <laughs> down to the, the last free last, throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was very haunting um, because it's like no one wants to bomb in a comp at all. No one wants to po- and bomb can, at a, uh, their, you know, their dream, their dream comp, and it was just all mental. And can you um, remember the feeling of having got through that that lift and knowing, yeah. okay. Uh, I'm back. I'm Dude. back, baby. But <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like this rush of when I saw the two lights, two whites come up because I still got a red. And I was just like, I made it. I was like, okay, I can I can now go into the day and whatever happens, happens. But it was it was terrifying. Mm. It was it's it's any lifter's worst nightmare. And regardless of the situation, it's just it was just so unfortunate. And now that we've, you know, we've taken the steps to make my technique better, make me stronger. It was total wise, the worst competition, but somehow I managed to podium third. Mm. And, and that's, it comes down to, I think manifestation and self-belief like self-belief is, is, is one of the most powerful things that you can, 
seriously channel. So step us through the rest of the day. So you, you get through that 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 painful first round mm. and then uh, how, how did the other two events look for you? So we had Bench come up next and I love Bench. Bench is uh, what, Sorry, else. was it held on a Monday? No. <laughs> uh, no, it was held out- on a outrageous. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of federation it's like, was this? This is an outrage. It's actually not a federation. It's, oh, well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's, okay, in, it's, it's invitational. It's official. Oh. Yeah, it's an invitational <laughs> event. So you get invited by the organisers to mm. compete. And how did you feel about doing bench uh, on a day other than Monday? <laughs> on a Monday? You know mm. what? I, did if it put, I was put allowed you off bench, your game? Or? You, I think a lot. That's why it's really good to not be used to training on certain days of the week. Because okay. you never know. Because... Some so comps run three to four days. So mm. you might be competing on a Thursday and mm. you're like, well, Thursday's my rest day. It's like, well, honey, sorry, you got to get your shit together. Here you go. So, yeah. I, I thought it was just common information out there that you were 10% weaker on bench on any day but Monday. No. So. Yeah, it is, yeah. Chest well, well, everyone everyone chest seems day. to know that, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I That's mean, what the whole joke is. Which, which is great. Pushing, that's why he's pushing this joke. Oh, <laughs> shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> International bench days every Monday. Edit that out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were fine. It was great. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so you you got to uh, you, you tell us how how did it go when you got through that uh, that that first round and uh, yeah. and uh, on the other side of that what what was your what were your thoughts going into the next round do you think oh I've got this or it's like oh I've still got a lot of work to do I've still got a lot of work to do okay my main thoughts were that's the worst I've ever squatted in my entire career. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you become very hard on yourself as well. And was the third yeah. attempt uh, like a good one that you were happy with, or no. it was still well below par? It was, it was so you're meant to open at a weight that you can squat, mm-hmm. and so you get that number on the board. And and I missed it twice, and so I didn't get to go up in my second and third attempt. So my total was already impacted. Okay. Um, so hard to come back from yeah, that scenario. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to have to bench good today. I was mm. going to have to bench what I needed to. And first and second bench went well, and we hit then 90 kilos on my third attempt, which was really wow. nice. That mm-hmm. got my total back up nicely, which yeah. was really good. I was able was to it, climb back my numbers. Was that number one in the group? That's pretty heavy. No. Some girls bench over 100 kilos. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Raw. Pro Raw. Pro Raw is huge, man. Yeah, right. Like, we see, like... And benching like 150 plus. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, dude. I've ever done. <laughs> dude, wow. that's insane. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you can arm kill it. I so, can. Yeah. yeah, that's right. With one arm. <laughs> <laughs> With those biceps. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, any excuse? Any excuse. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'm very lucky that bench went well because mm. then that got my total back up. Um, and then there's because there were four flights, I think. So you have different groups. So one flight will go through all their lifts. Then you get second flight, third flight, fourth flight. And so I was in, I think, the second flight. So I then had a a bit of time to relax. Mm -hmm. And so I went outside and I actually sat down on my phone and, um, you know, trying to just process this, what was going on so I can get my head back in the game, talking to people that I know would, like, get my head back in the game. Um, And uh, I then got my notes out and then I had this moment I was sitting there, I was like, I typed in that I will podium at Pro Raw. I will podium at Pro Raw. I will bring home a Pro Raw trophy. I will become a Pro Raw athlete. Mm. I just wrote it all down in there at 3.06 p.m. on that day. And then I closed the app. And then mm. we started warming up for deadlifts. 
And then when we started warming up for deadlifts, I had this feeling. Do you, do you have a sorry? Do you have one of the disciplines that you are like? Is it bench or is it deadlifts? Like what? What? It's bench. Okay. Yeah, bench is my baby. That's why I was able to get my total back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very lucky with that. But then when it came to deads, uh, I let Matt Matthew Prokak he called the shots on deadlifts because we didn't know where my deadlift was sitting, uh-huh. and that's why you pull your last deadlift. So last deadlift, so you know in comp mm. where you're going to be at for your opener. So we played it kind of safe and I realised that we were kind of sitting close to third with a couple of the other girls. Mm. And I said to Matt, I don't care what it takes, put me on the pro- – like I don't care what I have to pull off the floor, I'll make it happen. Mm. And he and Helene sat down, did a little bit of maths and as much as it's what you can do, you have to be competitive in that sense and go look at the scoreboard and say that, you know, Nat can pull this – that girl can pull that. How can we push it? Mm. And so Matt and Helene really put some work into that. And I remember we had my third – it got to my third deadlift and I really had to nail it. And I pulled it off the floor and I remember locking it out and it's like I've never had any drama in competitions and this was the one that just was filled with mm. just so much crap that I'm glad I got through. But I felt something in my top rib and my shoulder go pop as soon as I locked. And I didn't want to drop it because I wanted it. Yes. And so I fought through the pain, put the deadlift down, got three whites. I was like, I've done the day. I've done all the lifts. I might have fucked squats, but we got the rest of them. Mm. And I walked off the platform. And as soon as I unlatched my belt, that just rush of just blood and adrenaline, it hit me so hard that I just collapsed. And I ended up having... Um, we thought that I broke some ribs because of the, the abdominal pain that I was in. Yeah. And so I managed to crawl and sit on a bed on a chair. And luckily they had Dan Dan Goodman, I think his name is. I'm so sorry, Dan from he's a physiotherapist from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And he had tables set up. And um they managed to crawl me over to the tables. I couldn't stand after this deadlift. I was like, did I actually damage something? Mm. But at the same time I was really proud of myself for pulling that last deadlift. Mm. That's a powerlifters man, we're a little <laughs> bit special. And um, I remember laying on the table and Helene came over to me and she's like, you've done it, you've done it. And she was so beautifully supportive. She's like, you know how you just meet those people who are just genuinely in it for you? She's absolutely one of those people. And um, we were finding <laughs> – it's like you and Matt. And we were finding out where the totals were because the last girls were pulling their deadlifts. And I was laying there crying because I was like pain and just everything from that whole week just – just the emotional release of yeah, because it was seven years, dude. Like to recover from PTSD to then step onto the platform like that, it, it, I felt like so much, so much could have been taken away, but mm. I was like, no, I held on to it for dear life, like that deadlift, and um, and then Helene came over to me, and she's like, you came third, you did it by two point five kilos, and it was like the most emotion I've ever <laughs> felt in my entire life because I was like. To, to go, I've podiumed at my first pro raw that I nearly bombed at, which is, you know, it was pretty fucking phenomenal. Wow. I've never felt so good in my life whilst so, feeling like shit. So this yeah. is the, the pro raw trophy for, for third? Which way Maybe do I go? To th- like that way? It's, a, it's a mirrored image, yeah. yeah it's tricky. There we <laughs> there go. There is the, the heaviest trophy in the world. <laughs> that is. That She's is. five kilos oh, that's of love. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's an amazing trophy. It is, absolutely. And, and nah. uh, so tell us a little bit pr- about Pro Roar and, and, uh, and what, what they do and, and how you got involved. So I came into Pro Roar when I first started a few years ago because of my mate Patrick Morrison. Um, he 
he was a pro athlete and he's I think he was one like seven or eight. So he was one of one of the world's best powerlifters. <clears throat> Sorry, and he um with the with pro raw it's an invitational only event. Um, your total, who you are, what you do, all of that sort of thing comes into um, a sort of pool for you to get an invite, and everyone wants to compete at pro raw. Um, and so, so you have to be invited. You That's have to be invited. Marcos has to contact you. So Marcos on e- Marcos um, and Emad run pro raw. Mm-hmm. They have for the last thir- now thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started at PTC HQ and then was a part of the Arnold's. So uh-huh. the Arnold's Sporting Festival had Pro Raw and that's why Pro Raw was, was huge because it was part, and it still is part, is huge. And then the Arnold's Festival obviously is no longer here in Australia, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they brought it back for Pro Raw 12 um, at PTC HQ and they created a new category called sleeves. So I competed in the sleeves category. So you have sleeved and wrap squats. So wrap squats you get, you know how you see people wrap their knees? Yeah. So that's one whole category now. And then sleeves is another category because you can get a huge amount of weight added to your squat with wraps. Uh It's a different different discipline. So Marcos and Emad really created this sort of um, really cool event through Pro Raw of, of bringing in a sleeved event where you have to walk out the squat instead of being in the mono. Yeah. So in the mono, we're used to standing up, gate comes out and you squat. And so yeah. they made it more like sort of like the IPF tested federations where you use a combo rack, where you stand up and then walk it back. Uh-huh. And so it's a completely different discipline in your squat of being able to handle that weight on your back and then walk it back. And yeah. It's just wild, the stuff that you see. And the totals that you see are absolutely amazing that come from the sleeves, but also, like, the wraps. Like, you see women um, squatting up to, like, 260 kilos. Wow. It's just – it is the coolest thing ever. Mm. It's cool. It's, it's cool. And you've got, like um, – because Pro Raw is such a, an event, they have, like, different categories. Like, they have a new category called Old Dogs. Um, so they've invited all these master lifters from around Australia to compete. So I'm glad that, you know, our older lifters are getting recognition because they're the ones that really paved the way for for us young kids. And um, and then you've got pro raw sleeves, which is a category um, single lifts for like squat, uh, for bench and deadlift, sorry. Um, then you've got sleeves, uh, wraps, and then you've got this event called Wildcats, which is the 75 kilo women and the 75 kilo class women have like 200 kilo plus squats, wow. 200 kilo plus deads and like, you know, 120 kilo plus benches. It's the most thrilling experience watching someone move weight like that, mm. like the Wildcat. And that's why it's a three day event, now four day event, mm. um, because it's so big now. And it, it literally like handpicked the best people in Australia to come up against each other. And it's just, it's such a thrill. And, and how did you earn your spot on that roster? I got my message from Marcos and that was really sweet. Marcos, mm. I have been working with Marcos for a while because I was doing the photography and I have been over to a few of his comps to to do the photography um, for GPC Australia mm-hmm. and, um, and the national events as well. And so he already kind of knew who I was and he created the sleeves and he was like, all right, sleeve time, who competes in sleeves in Australia, looked at our totals, looked at what we can do. And then got my invite, and yeah. What was that moment like? Is it a text oh. message or yeah, it's is a little it a message. letter He's or like a carrier <laughs> pigeon? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I wouldn't put it <laughs> past him. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's the Marcos pigeon. And, and, and no, it's just another pigeon. Yeah, and the, and the, <laughs> every, every bird. You got to decode what the pigeons. 
that's right. chirping about. Honestly. So. <laughs> Pro-roar? Is that what it's saying? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. The pro-roar pigeon. The pro-roar pigeon. It's not. It was more a message. Oh, no, yeah. No, so he sends you a message. Okay. I'm sorry. Just, just some tips, maybe. The Batman, just some tips. The Batman yeah. symbol. But <laughs> when, when we were doing the lifts, so, like, obviously, the squats didn't go to plan. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining a shadow of this trophy. <laughs> Just, just beamed into the night sky. The skull's no no longer a It's the Pro-Roll trophy. It's the pigeon. It's the call. It's the, the, moment, the moment has happened. And you like rip your shirt and you go like pro I'm just gonna underneath. I'm not even gonna be a unicorn anymore. I'm gonna change it to a pigeon. You know? Like all the my branding. The pro pigeon. That's right. That could be a whole that could be a whole like classification as well. Yeah, a whole new a whole new federation. Can you, can you talk to Marcus about the invitations must be by carrier pigeon from now on. Yeah, that I would mean, probably happen. If well, just, just, we're very, we're very wild human beings. We never know what we're going to do. If there's next. a suggestion box at Pro World, yeah, yeah there, there is. Just, is there? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll send our own carrier pigeon. <laughs> just put a carrier pigeon in the box. Yeah, <laughs> just as oh. a as a little hint. It's, <laughs> it's such a different way because usually, like, you have to qualify and stuff like that. Do an event, but Marcos has like this way of just like sending like a one sentence like you're invited to Pro. Or that sort of thing, um, but when we were, I was going up for my. Yeah, were, no. were you expecting? Like, were you expecting to get it? Did you know? Sometime I didn't in the think next I'd month get it. Or so. I thought I was going to photograph. I'm like, oh, I thought okay. I was going to just go and be the photographer for it. Oh. And then it turned into an invitation to compete, and mm. I was like, this has been because I was just happy to be the photographer mm-hmm. and the dream to compete at pro raw has always been there and it's been very known because I, I make my goals known i like to speak my goals so then when they happen people go fuck yeah if nat can do it i can do it too mm-hmm. yep. and um and so i've been speaking about being a pro raw athlete for ages and uh when when we were talking about me going over to do the photography we then conversation came up about competing and the next thing i know i'm on a plane there and i'm like well, what? <laughs> and there's that overwhelming feeling that you're like, wow, I've managed to overcome so much to make this dream come true. Mm-hmm. And when I was waiting to go up for my second squat and obviously all that stuff had happened, like the first, missed the first, missed the second. Marcos actually came up to me before it and he took me by my arm and he, he looked me dead in the eye and I've never really spoken to him much and he looked me dead in the eye. He's like, you were made for this. Mm. It's like, you were made for this. Come on, you were made for this. And he just kept repeating it into my head. And, and I was like, I can do this, I can do this. And I just kept saying it. And then people, you know, they're saying such positive things. But you, when you're filled with so much negativity, you're like, mm-hmm. am I worthy of this? And then mm-hmm. I was like, nah, you are. You've worked for it. And it, then... Perhaps for those people that aren't aware of your, your adversity, I know you've shared it perhaps on the podcast previously, and I'd recommend mm-hmm. to anybody to perhaps uh, backtrack and go over those episodes because there's a, there's a lot to... Uh, to learn but you you really you you had a a very difficult time some years ago and uh you you, uh, so when you do refer to you've been through so much that's really what you're you're talking about isn't it yeah 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 yeah. so talking about you know recovering through the sexual abuse and the assaults recovering from you know the the trauma that came from that being fired for my sexuality you know the the snowball effect of just all of that um, you know, losing my home, my career, my everything to I'm very lucky I have the support of my parents um, to then spending years in therapy and acknowledging what happened to me to then building stone strength, personal training and powerlifting and then creating the businesses that I have now. And it's it's just to me being able to step onto the pro role platform of being someone who 
you know, because I used to weigh 140 kilos to being able to, you know, lose 50 kilos and then step to being able to just walk. Like I couldn't even walk because you, my body was weighed down so much. Mm-hmm. And I haven't actually thought about the trauma in so long. This is one thing that I'm really proud of is that I can now speak about it so openly mm. and, you know, sexual abuse and violence and domestic violence, all those sort of things is such a taboo to discuss. Um, and I'm glad it's becoming more open because in the sport that I'm in, it does happen, but it's gotten better. The sport has gotten better. People talk about it more and the sport is what caught me. And so when I do this, people know who I feel a little bit egotistical saying this but people know who I am because I've been so open Mm. about my story and that I've built one business which was stone creative media through powerlifting photography and it's so cool I might be scrolling socials and I'll see training videos and there's my photography on the walls of gyms you know the biggest gyms in Australia um hanging there and I'm like it's okay it's okay you can do this and and so when we were leading up to pro raw that internal pressure of A, it's pro raw, but also B, this is something that I spent my entire life rebuilding mm. because past Nat, you know, didn't want to be on this planet. Mm. And so it's almost like I did it for them, if that makes sense. And to be one lift away from losing it all, like if I had missed that squat, I don't know what I would, I'd probably just gone on a plane and come home. Mm. But to me, it just goes to show that no matter what happens to you, you can come back, you can, you can rebuild yourself Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, you're going to have to do the work. But when you face that adversity and and just say no and just step through into it, it's amazing what you can achieve. And this is a testimony to actually being able to, no matter what, your dreams and your goals will be held. Because honestly, I should not have come third. Like there were so many things in the way of that day that I shouldn't have come third, but I did because Mm. I gave a fuck. Yeah. Mm. And that's the brutal truth. How does it feel to you now to be a role model to, to other young women that might have gone through something and uh, might not have been able to see a way through, but now they see yourself and see what you're achieving and kind of feel like maybe there is a way? Yeah, that's. I love how we've gone from talking about pigeons to this. Like, I love our conversation. <laughs> we'll go back to pigeons if you want. Yep. <laughs> but no, it's... I like um, the pigeon in the box idea. <laughs> it's so... It's actually... It's kind of scary because the fact that other people have been through what I have been through... Um, and recently I had a client say to me that I saved their life and I sat there and I wasn't, I like, obviously we cried because it's a very emotional thing to be told that, but I'm proud of myself for sharing my story because a lot of people don't. Mm. And I'm glad that I did that. I've been open from day one about it because it's held space for other people to be able to then come (coughs) into my space. And it's, um, it's a big honor like it's, it's which is is really weird to say because mm. you've gone through something so bad but to be able to help other people know that it's going to be okay mm. and that's not the end game because a lot of people lose their lives to this sort of thing mm-hmm. um and I'm very lucky that I had the support so that's why when you know my friends like my fa- my Melbourne family my you know 618 barbell Adelaide family like when I think about that stuff I'm I'm here because of them mm. and so when pro raw nearly got taken away and that moment I was like, you have to do it for them because mm. they showed up for you now. So mm. you show up for them mm. and that's why I did it. Were you powerlifting yeah. prior to? You <laughs> Sorry, it's really yeah, that's all right. That's it was all right. such a fucked weekend. Our, our episodes <laughs> where people cry always rate better. So <laughs> no, that's yeah. great. It's, it's really so good. good to see the progression from where <laughs> you you know, that you've made it to this point and now you get to sit here and tell the story and you've yeah. got you know, third place at Pro oh. Raw. Were you powerlifting already 
before, like when you or you saw this when you were 140 and you're like, I'm going to do powerlifting. No. This is my this is my thing. That I I'm fell doing. into it. Okay. Yeah. So I was training at a strongman slash powerlifting gym. They're no longer around anymore. Um, but Jake, he was the owner, and and he's he was such a big kind heart. Um, I was there. I went there the day after the, not the day after it happened because I didn't actually know how to process it. Um, and I remember my friend Jade walked in and she said something and, you know, you get so acclimatised to it when it happens repeatedly, which is really disturbing. That's why they can keep going. Mm. And I went through it for six months. And then Jade said something after I had had a mental breakdown that morning at work. Um, and that's when I realised, oh, I don't think I'm actually okay. And she sat with me for a few hours and then my mum and dad had to come and pick me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, we were guided eventually for the mental health care that I, I got because it was it was that traumatic that it, like, I, I just became a shell of a human. It was mm-hmm. like a brain trauma, essentially, from how catastrophic the, the realisation of, oh, my God, this person was going to rape me. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm very lucky. Um, that's a sad thing. It's like I'm lucky because the amount of grooming that they, they put you through sometimes to be able to get there and by speaking about it makes it more uh, available to people to know what they are going through, to recognise it, mm. recognise ga- gaslighting, um, those abusive relationships. Domestic violence has now actually become so common, you mm. know, and it's really, really sad that it's actually so <laughs> common and now you're just like we need to find a way to to be more vocal. And that's mm. why I really appreciate you guys having me on, especially the first time, to hold space um, to, to, to talk about that because, you know, a lot of people have tried to cash in on my story and it's been really quite gross. Oh. And you guys are just like, no, let's let's talk about it so we can help save people. And I'm really proud of the, the way that podcast actually has. Oh, great. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we appreciate you being here. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, telling your story. <laughs> Very and, heavy. And, yeah, especially now that you've you've gone from that point and seeing you over the last couple of years and the progression and each time you come back in, you've you've, you've made all these achievements and progression in, in your lifting career and your life, your personal life. And today you get coming in with the biggest trophy I've ever <laughs> literally so seen. Uh, yeah, you're I doing amazing. I'm, I, I walked in and I saw it and I was like, man, I'm going to take one of those home. I didn't know how because I knew the other girls are stronger than me. But that's the thing. Other people can be stronger than you, but it comes down to the day, like like me missing my first and second squat. You never mm. know what's going to happen on the day. So never compare yourself. This is one big thing that we go through in the sport is a lot of comparison. It's like, oh, she's stronger than me though. But it's like you never know what's going to happen on mm-hmm, the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's – Absolutely. It was a big, it's the biggest lesson of my life, pro rule. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things when I was watching the Olympics a couple of years ago, one of the Australian pole vaulters, uh, he, I think he ended up getting, he, I think he got the gold or the silver, but um, he wouldn't watch any of the other competitors at all. Like yeah. he would deliberately turn away, and they had the big screens up, and he would he would basically be lying face down on the ground because <laughs> he didn't want to see. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't want to exist. And and they asked him afterwards, like, why why didn't you watch? And he goes, if I watch somebody else, I get invested in what they're doing, mm. and it sucks my energy. Like I I want them to to succeed, mm. or you know, selfishly sometimes I want them to fail so that I will yeah. succeed. 
Yeah. Because I haven't got any control over what they do whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm wasting my time and focus and energy by watching them. So I just try to avoid it at all costs. And, you know, obviously in that situation, you're in a stadium full of, you know, thousands of people. You've got big screens everywhere and everyone's watching and you're going to hear the reaction. So mm. he's like just trying to uh, ignore that the whole time. But Yeah. yeah. That's that's a big thing because you got your mates competing with you in the same weight classes as well. Like one of my friends, she was in the same weight class with me, Carly, and we've been competing together for years. And you always want the best for the person. Mm. So, but you're there for you to do you. Um, like Eve is now one of my closest friends. She's from the Aries team as well, and we were competing against each other at the 2019 uh, GPC Nationals. And we both came equal third mm. in our weight class, but she was like 0.5 of a gram lighter than me. So uh. she actually took the third place. Yeah. Hi, Eve, you lovely. And now she's like <laughs> one of my favorite, like, you know, mm. my, one of my closest friends. And I'm actually on the Aries team. So, mm. yeah. Do you, really do you cool. feel that though? If you're watching somebody else, you're going to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm too focused on what they're doing. <laughs> or is it if you're, if you're watching your competitors, is, is that something where you're like, Mm, that's this, a good this, question. This outcome, whatever they, whether they lift or whether they don't, will affect my results. Definitely for pro raw, that moment where I, because I didn't even know the girl, like I didn't actually look around that day to see who I was competing against or who I was competing with. I was very, you know, how you get so so anxious and inside yourself that you can't actually see anything. Bit tunnel vision, very tunnel vision, but not a focused tunnel vision. It was very odd. Um, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. So. Yeah, I think, but then when I came out of that and to go into the deadlifts, and I think when I turned around to Matt and I was like, do whatever we need to do, um, you kind of got to put it to the side because it's like, yes, you love your friends and, and your real family <coughs> there, but if you want to step up onto the podiums, you have to make those those bigger calls. And that's where it comes into sportsmanship. You know, it's like you respect the person. I don't like when people be like, oh, she pulled more than me, she came third. And it's like, no, we, we're all, that's what she could do. This is what you could do. Mm-hmm. So it really goes down to that. And I like to emulate that into my lifters to, to be humble and, and to be in it for them. We don't really look at um, the totals unless we need to um, because it's like you're really there for you. And it's like we push for podiums, yes, that sort of idea, but you're also there for you. So you don't want to end up overshooting an attempt, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. you want to be able to get the numbers on the board mm. for the first and second and the third go for a party depending on your goals that obviously everyone's going to have their own opinion about powerlifting and what mm. i'm saying right there mm-hmm. um but it's like you want to you want to be humble in the sport mm-hmm. because it's there's too many egos and it's just not a nice look mm. so. it's funny that there's ego but it's it's an individual lift mm. like it really only is one person doing the lift yeah mm. oh it takes a village though to get that one person up there and that's Absolutely, why yeah. like um, I train out of 618 Barbell here in Adelaide. I've been there for – well, I took a break to open the business. So I've been there for, I think, like in total like seven years, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a long time. Um, and then when I went to Melbourne, um, I'm a part of the Aries team as well. So I've mm-hmm. uh, got a dual, dual fan, which is really lovely um, because powerlifting, it's like it might just be you stepping up. But like I said, like having a handler like Helene, all of that sort of thing, mm. if if – for some reason, the way that they just aligned and came into my life, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, mm-hmm. and that's sad. So, well, can you? So, I'd love to hear the thoughts that you had. You're about to go out for your third squat lift, and it was just like, you know, this is do or die kind of moment. Yeah. What was what was that moment like? I wanted to just curl up on the floor and not exist. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's very depressing when you've worked so hard and you see the numbers in your head that you wanted to get, what you did in training the week beforehand really well, um, and then to not even go near them. And it's very depressing when you've worked your, like your, your ass off, your life off, your dedicated, sacrificed everything, and not everyone gets that. And some people are really selfish. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like it, it, I just sat there and I went through every single emotion possible and it was a very sickening feeling and you know how you get so anxious your legs get turned to jelly? And that's just how I mm. felt. And I never felt that way before. And I think it wasn't until, like, I looked over my shoulder and Matt was there and Helene, and then I looked over at my friends and they're all screaming at me. And I was like, I can do this. And then I started actually having that internal monologue conversation of trying to re-empower myself from that disempowerment. And, um, and then, yeah, something, I don't know what it is, but, like, something has just made sure I've gotten there. Like, you know, people talk about guardian angels, all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Something something made me late to that shift. Something made me not walk into that room that day. Something made me snap and then, like, my brain. And then something, you know, held space so that I went to the gym somehow um, to then meet the people who then put me onto the people that helped with my rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Along the way, it has been protected. And it's like almost like Helene was sort of like that sort of guardian angel, these people, these friends. And standing there, I woke up and I, was, I hadn't felt awake and that's really sad. And I hold no animosity, I hold no hate because hate and, and, and animosity and all those horrible feelings, they are so consuming. And when you lift, you can't have anything like that inside you because you just, it just doesn't work. Mm. It's, sort of, it's a bad negative emotion. And so I channeled back into myself to where I wish I was and then we pulled it. It was, I was, it was absolutely horrifying because I remember like a few weeks before I came on the podcast with you, Missy, mm. to talk about the worst nightmare a powerlifter can go through yeah, and yeah. I lived it. Um, and it's all about composure. So, yeah, something just made sure I got through that day. It's quite amazing. Mm. So you yeah. unrack the bar, <coughs> take the step back <laughs> right at that point. I, right at that point, it's like um, I was just like, just put your butt on the ground, <laughs> just sit, just sit on the fucking floor. Just it, it just it, it was such a. I've been doing this for so long, I didn't know why it was like that, mm. and I was just like, come on, man, like come on, get your shit together. And you saw, you know how you guys like do your this. chakras went in alignment yeah. or like, something. Get it, was get it together now. You've worked for this, and I just remembered the moment that I touched the bar. I was then able to switch on into that mm. mental place because it's this place that you go to. And my mum made that comment about nationals recently um, when I lifted. She's like, I've never seen you lift like that. And it was like, I was like, yeah, because I got my fire back. And mm. it was like, once I touched that bar for that third, I was like, everyone at home is watching you right now because it's one of the most live-streamed events for powerlifting. Mm. And these people have helped you get there. So I didn't just do it for me. I did it for the people who've helped me get there too. Mm. So I think that's what really made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's Sheer fear of failure. So, <laughs> so you, you, you're obviously a very values based person yeah. and, uh, and you've taken those, that, that value and eth- those values and th- that ethic into your training, but you've also taken it into your businesses. Mm. So you, you've established some brands to support, the various activities that uh, yeah. s- kind of circle around you. Um, perhaps talk a little bit about 
what yeah. uh, what all of that looks like in the Natalie Strong Empire right now. <laughs> Strong Empire. Yeah. It's actually evolved heaps. So I actually had my biggest week in the business last last week and I don't Congratulations. Really, thank you. <laughs> it was it was really awesome. So I don't like talking about money and how many clients I have on my books and all that sort of stuff. To me, that doesn't it doesn't look nice to me. So to me, it's about the people, their experience, what they're going through, how someone's able to go. Like I have a 16-year-old client who went from a 0.5 kilo dumbbell chest press to dumbbell chest pressing three kilos. And to me, that's just as exciting as someone mm. benching 60, 70 kilos. So it's mm-hmm. such a humble, humble, small but mighty space. And it's um, I had 31 people in last week. Incredible. Which is which is ne- it was nearly forty sessions because some people are on two to three sessions a week. It was a huge huge week, and that's not counting the online. You're tra- training these people, yeah, one on ones. Wow! And so it was it was really cool. I finished I finished on that Saturday morning because um, I did my online, did my morning, did my online, and I just logged off, and I was like, I've dreamt of this moment mm-hmm. for years from the moment I started doing the PT. Um, uh, the online PT course that I was doing that people laughed at me about doing that said, oh, what do you want to be PT for? Because, you know, look at you. And I was like, wow, I just had my biggest, most successful month. And I was really, really proud of myself because I have no debt. But it, it's, it's not just the training, though. You've got uh, some merchandise. Yeah, yeah, my well. apparel. Some, some cool, cool branded stuff. So yeah. Stone strength. Stone strength. Stone strength. And, and so people can buy into the stone lifestyle if yeah. they want to. <laughs> uh, so it, how, A little how bit of swearing how, on my apparel. <laughs> <laughs> carrier, carrier pigeons, you've got jumpers, you got... <laughs> carrier pigeons are next. <laughs> right. Dude, I've got pigeons nesting out in my backyard. This <laughs> They're waiting. Up. They've been hanging out. They're waiting for the opportunity. And, and you, unicorns feature quite heavily uh, in your branding as yeah. well so what's the unicorn yeah. story do my little there we go there we go trademarked <laughs> trademarked trademarked and copyrighted all that jazz <laughs> yeah um it's been a very self-educational journey so it's like i learned how to run my own business and and obviously i've had help along the way but to to do things i always found myself kind of being sort of misled because I had the mental health, you know, obviously I was very damaged. So people saw me as quite vulnerable. And along that way, along this journey, I've had people try and take advantage of that. And, Mm. and I just step away. I just graciously step away. You and recognize that now. Yeah. You, you see the markers and you yes. understand, okay, well, this is yeah. not a legitimate relationship. There's something underlying here that I'm yeah. a bit. Yeah. And, it's, it's, and as a young female business owner as well, we get targeted quite a lot. And um, so I've made sure that with the unicorn, I've educated myself on how to protect the logo because it's not just a logo and a cute you know, fairies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's got that symbolic reasoning of, like we spoke about in the first podcast of how at the airport um, in 2017, I think I was going over for one of the GPC nationals to photograph and there was a lady with a unicorn head mm-hmm. going to Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and my friend was like, look for a unicorn. I was like, oh my God, there's a unicorn there. <laughs> and that's the coolest thing to go back to ProRaw is that when I was sitting there with my dad saying to my dad, I don't want to go. And watching his heart literally break hearing me say that mm. because he knows how important it is. He's like, we're sitting in the same terminal as I did years ago when I had just started my recovery. And then he's like, if that isn't a sign. And then he gave me a Bob Peck talk. My parents are the most beautiful people on this fucking planet. <laughs> and I was like, we're at the same fucking terminal that that lady was at. And I was like, if you can't say that's not coincidence and like this full circle thing that, you know, I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but... 
yeah i was like that's when i started feeling it and so i was like get on the plane mm-hmm. just get on the fucking plane now mm-hmm. even though you don't want to do it so yeah and so now it's spawned you know uh stone strength personal training and stone strength powerlifting so they're actually two separate entities okay. because you know powerlifting and pt it's very you don't want to train you know you got your gym mom she doesn't want to be trained like a powerlifter <laughs> very different goals your postnatal client does not need to be trained like a powerlifter <laughs> or deadlifts or dead- <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's very different discipline so it's really nice to i sat down i think middle of this year and I split the business up Mm -hmm. and I really categorized it and made it more clear about what I can offer to people so then I can align with them depending on what they want so if it is pre or postnatal if they want to buy some cool t-shirts you know with the idea of the t-shirts isn't to just be a t-shirt and put the brand out there it's the reason the writing's on the back of it is if someone's having a crappy day at Coles and they're standing behind you they're going to read something motivational because it's almost like, holy shit, like that pro-roll moment where I needed someone just to say something to me mm. to get me back in the game. You don't know who needed to just read, be relentless, mm. believe in yourself. You know, it's going to be okay. So but somebody might just see a unicorn and then see a special message. Yeah, <laughs> that's 100% what it is. And yeah. it's really cool how it just, it became that I didn't try and do anything mm-hmm. and I didn't even try and force it. It's just naturally become this and it's actually really cool mm. to just wake up every day and just work with people who want to better themselves and it's just beautiful. So, Nat, if people want to uh, jump on the, the, the waiting list for uh, <laughs> these services, uh, so uh, if people what, – what's your ideal client when it comes to powerlifting? Is that uh, female-based or anybody? Anyone. Or, yeah. So, yeah, powerlifting is, powerlifting is for everyone and so that's something that I really respect – um about like because obviously we've got trans athletes all that sort of thing happening 618 barbell actually has a non-binary class now so for Mm -hmm. it's it's not part of a federation it's part of what the gym's running is the non-binary class so then for people who are non-binary trans they have somewhere to compete because um there's not really for them to compete in with the feds because it's male, female, mm-hmm. and everyone has their varying opinions on it. And as someone who works with trans people weekly, like I have, I have quite a few trans people that come into the space. It's um, it's such a deeply personal journey, and I feel like there needs to be more conversations held about um, trans health and trans rights and 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 trans athletes as well in the sport because it's become it's so new. If that makes sense, mm. and so I really highly respect BJ. Uh, B- I can't say his full name, Bodine Lyons as his name, but he was himself <laughs> BJ for creating creating that sort of like little class for them. Mm. Um, so I train everyone. So I've got clients who are like 20 years old um, who, who are competing at national levels. And then I've got clients who are 54 years old who want to compete at national levels. And so it's um, I've got a huge array of, of ages from 16 to uh, – I think she's 62, my oldest client. Wow. So yeah, she's a killer. If people yeah. want to register, is there a website they can go to yeah. to do that? Yeah, so stonestrengthpt.com.au. Okay. Um, yeah, or just Nat Strong Hobbit on Instagram. <laughs> Nat Strong Hobbit. Now, that's where I'm getting my <laughs> Nat Strong news. Um, so uh, uh, the, I would head over there, yeah, yeah for just, sure. Just it, even if DMs. just for a little bit of motivation, you can head over there and uh, yeah. yeah, see some crazy lifts or yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. or just some cool T-shirts sometimes. Some yeah. cool t- I, love, I love it. Like when I get um, – like the other, uh, the other day I opened my website up completely just to be able to take orders – 
Um, and I had a bunch of orders come in. Um, a girl from Broken Hill ordered some stuff from Melbourne, from Perth. Wow. And so I was printing all this stuff and I was like, oh, my God, I'm sending this stuff all over Australia. Mm. That is so rad. And my subs guy, he gave me um, some like little samples and stuff as well. So people get samples and stickers. So mm. when you buy a T-shirt, you're not just supporting me, but you're supporting so many other people out there. That you, you make the apparel as well, don't you? I do, I do. Make uh. it all by hand. I sit there and I pick the bloody <laughs> stuff myself. <laughs> it's all vinyl. So when like like this, it gets cut um, by my machine. I then peel away mm-hmm. to the negative and then I have to space it onto the T-shirt, then press it peel off then the plastic, then peel it, press it again. And if mm-hmm. you've got multiple colours, multiple pressings, it's just like, it's a lot of work. And that's why I show, I show what I do myself. And a lot of people would think, wow, that's a lot of work, but very routined. So mm-hmm. I always have time and space for people. And that's the thing that like, you know, PT, opening a personal training business in the peak of COVID mm. to, to now sitting here with you guys and talking about the success of it, the success of the clients and the stories that are coming out of there now. Um, like you know, athletes training at national levels, it's uh, it's very wholesome, mm. very wholesome. So I train, and a lot of people be like, I can do everything, but it's like, I like that I can do everything, that I'm self sufficient, because yes, you can rely on other people, but then it's brilliant to be able to do things yourself. Because mm. it's like this is coming from me. So if you ordered a t-shirt, I get to make it for you, and it comes from me and given to you. So, mm. so you're not just putting uh, you're, you're putting love and attention into the even the t-shirts. Oh yeah, not just the clients, but <laughs> yeah, the, t-shirts the t-shirts as well. I love it when I'm making it. I like usually make a little reel or something showing the process of, yeah. of how it's done because I taught myself how to how to make my own apparel through YouTube Craft Mums. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout yeah. out to I, the Craft Mums. I remember the YouTube. messages of like yeah. stupid t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> and this thing's wrong and that. Yeah, oh, it would have taken so many times to get it right. It took, it took a long time to learn how to do it and, and a lot of lessons and and the fact that like I learned a lot from Ben Francis who is the CEO of um, Gymshark. And he taught, he puts all his, so much information on YouTube about running a business and apparel line, finances, management, like anything you can think of, mm-hmm. he's in. And so here's me thinking I needed to hire someone for socials, to hire for accounting. He did everything himself. And it literally came down to how he structured his routine. Yep. And when you structure your routine, you cut out the bullshit. And when you can actually do that, you have so much more time in the day. It's amazing how much time we time dump yep. into our phones being invested in other people's lives. So you know how you're saying about watching other people lift? Mm-hmm. It's like I will be invested in them, yes. But the thing is, though, when you start investing time, say you're scrolling socials, going, oh, why is that guy doing that? Why is he posting that? Mm. Why aren't you writing your own <laughs> stuff? Why aren't you working on your own craft? Like who cares what they're doing? People are aligning with you. Put yourself out there. Mm. So that's my business one-on-one there. That's... That's the thing. <laughs> so we're moving from powerlifting, coaching, PT, now business coaching. So the, the empire expands, <laughs> ladies and I, gentlemen. So. I feel like I would like to have done more time in the industry before. Like I'm more than happy to sit down and talk with people. And I've done a little bit of business mentoring with some people on how to like manage their social media a little bit mm-hmm. better and how to manage their time, like how to actually structure their time because it gets very overwhelming when you are managing clients yourself and, and and all of those other sort of tasks that you have to do um, outside of life. And so it gets very overwhelming. So people reach out and they're like, how do you do that? And so I, I, I just am so open about talking to people because 
I feel kind of gross charging someone like a thousand dollars to learn what you can through just experience and you can't sell experience. And that's the other thing, Mm. you know, like it's, there's so many mentorships and all of that out there. And my big thing when someone's wanting to get into powerlifting, being a coach, do the time. Mm. Yes. You can sit through a six week course, but the thing is spend your time at six comps, Mm -hmm. you know, be there from literally watching people warm up, watch how coaches handle, go to the elite comps, you know, don't just sit in your gym, like go and see how other people do things and learn from them, speak to people. Um, You have to be open to learning to be a coach. And that to me is, is, um, is why I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm. It's uh, I'm more than happy to talk to people about it and my experiences with, with running a business, but there's just so much to learn still. So Mm. Even though I've been a you know in the you can be like in the fitness industry for ten years sort of thing, but you spend so many time so many years at the beginning just learning. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. And I, I, I kind of feel like um, you learning something has tremendous value because you've got a propensity to want to share that with as many people that are prepared to listen. So, uh, and uh, that's certainly been the case over our now three podcasts. Mm. Um, I appreciate so you guys so one, much for that. Number, <laughs> our number one return <laughs> that's right. guest. You're, you're so in yeah. the lead. You're, you're you are in the lead. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Jordan yeah. Biggie Stevens. So it's, amongst, it's the strong, oh, it's all the strong men uh, right. and yeah. women uh, that we uh, are dealing with here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... We'll have He's to set, set up a, some kind of rivalry where oh you have God, to pull trains or, or something like that <laughs> yeah, to sort yeah. out who's the number one podcast guest <laughs> here on the Daily Combat podcast. Oh. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just would like to say thanks to Biggie if he ends up listening to this. So you've had him in a few times and I've known him since day one. Oh. I started doing this. Uh-huh. Um, he was emceeing at Powerhouse Gym at a uh, Capo Powerlifting meet. This is like years ago, like twenty. 15 or 16 mm-hmm. oh. um, and he was emceeing and I just remember him talking to me and I was like wow this guy is really cool and big yeah. and he's like my name's Biggie I was like what's up Biggie <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then at Pro War he had a lifter there and I just remembered him just looking at how I looked that day when I walked in and him just opening his arms up and giving me the biggest hug yeah. and he helped me warm up and it just it just goes to show how beautifully wholesome our community really is. Yeah. Like there's people in this community who are awesome. He is definitely one of the people that I highly rate. Like mm. he's just awesome. Mm. Yeah. Strong as fuck. Yeah, he bought me lunch yesterday as well. So really? yeah, he's even better now. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> didn't buy me lunch. <laughs> oh, what a champion! No, you guys are good, and this is the thing that I love about about this podcast is that you get such an eclectic mix of different people and athletes and. And, and people who specialize in their field. And I feel very blessed that you asked me to come back multiple times to talk about, you know, where I'm at with things. And I feel very honored that, you know, I came came last time and I wasn't feeling so great. And then you had me come back and I'm like, hey, I got a trophy. Like I actually did. And we were talking about, yeah. you know, the possibilities of podium and then now we're here and yeah. it's like we got Pro Roll 13 in, I think, 14 weeks. Wow, so okay. I got my Pro Roll 13. 13 invites so carrier pigeon yeah carrier pigeon says see you in march missy that's what that's that's what the message said so uh you're gonna have to build a new shelf to get all these trophies on i've got a feeling um and it's gonna have to be a pretty strong shelf because at five kilos those trophies are pretty pretty substantial let's hope i bring another one back yeah what if you had like 10 of them did the shelf hold on the wall Yeah, pro Raw, what would it be? Pro Raw 23? Yeah. You need to get an engineer in yeah. to, uh, oh. to take care of that mantle piece. <laughs> Only uh, one person's ever won that many events, though. Oh. And Patrick Morrison, yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome. Up, up until now. 
Mm. Up until up now. Up until now. This is the first one. Yeah. I love your self-belief in me. I'm going to ride that. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's well, awesome. We've got huge self-belief. Or health self-belief? No, yeah. we've got huge belief in you. That <laughs> and, and I think that's uh, only because you've earned it. So uh, congratulations on all that you've achieved so far. Congratulations <laughs> on the on the most recent uh, trophy here um, as well. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your journey, not just with us, but with our audiences. Uh, it's you. been an absolute pleasure to be along for the ride. Yeah, thank you guys. No, Carrier pigeons and all. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, we'll look forward to our fourth podcast coming up very, very soon, I hope. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Fourth Get a double bicep out if you want because oh, it is yeah, the end. Is, well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Nat Stone. Uh.